Hello, this is Jonathan Goldman. I'd like to welcome you to 2022. For many of us, this past year and the years before it have been a time of great awakening and activation to a new level of being, a birthing, so to speak, of a new humanity and a new planet Earth. Now, in 2022, let us continue on our journey of awakened consciousness and evolution. In order for shift and change to endure, we must realize that our journey has just begun. Thus, for all who have partaken in various events to help initiate peace and change, let us continue to assist in the evolution and awakening of our planet and ourselves. Let us resonate together in harmony and cooperation, celebrating the oneness that we can manifest together, generating the energy of compassion and loving kindness for all. Join us this February 14th, 2022, for the 20th annual World Sound Healing Day. Become a sonic co-creator and help manifest global harmonization, generating peace and harmony onto our planet. On this day, thousands of like-minded people throughout the world would join together and project intentionalized sound, sound encoded with the energies of light and love to our Mother Earth. This sound has the ability to affect and enhance the consciousness of the Gaia matrix, the field of our entire planet. Science has validated that through the power of prayer and meditation, we can literally interface with the consciousness of the Earth. By adding the element of intentionalized sound, we can enhance and amplify this extraordinary power even more and help co-create a new reality of consciousness of manifesting a state of oneness, loving kindness and compassion for all living beings. Let us come together this year on February 14th, 2022 for the 20th annual World Sound Healing Day and help co-create this new reality. Come to this, the World Sound Healing Day website at noon, your local time zone and go to one of the many sonic events that are occurring on the events portal Contribute to these sounds, helping co-create the evolutionary vibratory field of global harmonization, planetary peace, and healing for our planet by sounding a sonic valentine of love and light to Gaia, our Mother Earth. Together, we can make a difference. Remember, we heal the planet, we heal ourselves. We heal ourselves and we heal the planet. To learn more about this, please visit worldsoundhealingday.org And welcome to Tell Me Your Story. That's right. Uh, you've already heard our subject matter for today. We're going to be talking with my dear friend who we've had on the program many times. And we're going to talk about the World Sound Healing Day, February 14th, 2022. And by the way, it's rather auspicious, Jonathan, because it's the 20th annual, the 20th anniversary. Congratulations. Oh, thank you, my friend. It's uh, 
a real blessing that uh, somehow uh, the energy of this continues to really grow and that's some sort of indication that there's really a need for it now. Well, we're going to talk about that as well in terms of how to measure its growth, how uh, measure its effect uh, in regards to uh, what uh, what is going on today and what may very well be going on tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Uh, let me let our listeners know, of course, as uh, they already know from the theme song and so forth. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And I'm your host, Richard Dugan, and he is my guest, uh, Jonathan Goldman. And uh, I have always been fascinated with the conversation that we have had over the years in regards to sound but there was something that came across my inbox from you uh, just recently uh, something else that we we need to talk about we don't need to talk about it this moment but I really would like to spend a segment or so on it and that has to do with and this is the way the email was was uh, headed headlined the sound of silence and it is it is said that um, that uh, not only speech, but music, it's not the notes, it's the space between the notes that makes it what it is. Uh, and you can have long spaces, short spaces, and so on and so forth. I remember an experience where I was with some people in a van. We were traveling from this uh, New Age or metaphysical church um, back to, uh, uh, to, to my home, I guess it was, to drop me off. And I was just kind of singing a song. It just kind of came out, you know. But I was kind of, kind of jamming all of the, the the verses, the lines together, you know, not leaving any spaces. And the one gal, her name was uh, Shari Burns, was her name. Good friend. Uh, and uh, uh, she says, uh, uh, you know, uh, you, you have a beautiful voice, but but you're not leaving any spaces in there. And that's kind of when it dawned on me. And she wasn't being critical. It was just an observation on her part. And I thought about that. I thought, I hadn't even thought about that, you know. What's wrong? Because when you talk about music, which you produce as well, you've got hundreds, if not thousands, of pieces of music out there, which we're going to hear some of that to hear on the program today. Um, though when you listen to some of the material that you have produced, whether it be de-stressing and for the chakras and for meditation and, and the list goes on, it's a continuous sound, not necessarily a single tone. It, it fluctuates, it changes and so forth. But you'll take a look at the wave. There's no space in there. Whereas let's say you take a look at um, you take a look at the, a song in wave form, right. a popular song you will see the wave going more up and down and more defined yeah or even our conversation you will see the spaces where we do these little pauses every so often and that's kind of what makes the conversation interesting it draws hopefully draws people in um so can can we go dive in not this moment but i'd like to dive into that a little bit later if we can i, I would dive in right now All right, as, hey uh, i'm going with it you know, just because uh and we will do world sound healing day because that's fabulous and you know and i'm, I'm such a big advocate of silence uh let me just suggest though that while you look at the waveform of my stuff and it looks like it's just it's all it is to sound but the reality is mm -hmm. that when you listen to my stuff it's very ambient, and the stuff is there's a drone that's going on, mm -hmm. which sort of creates the waveform, and then there's stuff that happens ding, ding in the waveform. And it's, it's like if I was going, hmm. 
so that the bowl becomes like a predominant. So, so the the other stuff is, if you like, there is lots of space, but that that's one of the keys. You know, is I like to say, Richard, silence is the yin to the yang of sound. Ah, and that it is in the silence that we are allowed the shifts of frequency and vibration to manifest because if you're just going and then all of a sudden you go there's no space for the to encode itself in the body Mm. so you and i learned that about 25 years ago i've been in the field for close to 20 years before i had this extraordinary experience where i was with a fellow who was also he loved to, you know, you become enamored by making sound. We're making sound, and then it was just like, okay, let's stop for a second and just experience it. And he, he couldn't get it. He couldn't get the, 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 the silence. And I thought, wow, this yeah. is such a major revelation gestalt to me. And it's something that I always say, you know, and particularly one of the things that I like to share is the fact that you make a sound for a little while, and then you get into silence. And boy, can I continue going on this for a second? This is jumping up off a whole lot of things. And tell yeah, me, yeah. okay. Well, I, I, but let me just say, one of the things that comes, comes to my mind as you say that is the little children. And I'm talking about little kids who will just be by themselves in a room. Uh, they're, they're peaceful. They're, they're calm and they just start making sounds. I mean, they just start making stuff up. Yeah. There are spaces in there. And yeah. it's, it's, sometimes it can be just so entrancing, so beautiful. You know, it really can be. It's, it's, it's really quite an amazing thing. Um, I want to I want to let our listeners know that you're listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're talking with Jonathan Goldman about uh, the World Sound Healing Day. We're going to get into that, but we're going to continue here on Tell Me Your Story talking about uh, silence, the sound of silence.
I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, I hope that you are enjoying the sounds that you are hearing on this particular program. We hope you'll stay with us. Jonathan, please continue uh, as you were discussing and were sharing with us your perspectives. But tell me, what field is it? What, how do you describe the field that you are in? Well, uh, it's so interesting because as we progress more and more, I used to say I'm in the field of sound healing, but a big buzzword that's happening now is vibrational medicine. Ah. You know, that brings it more into legitimacy. So that, you know, indeed with World Sound Healing Day, and I like to say that we basically project a sonic valentine to the Gaia matrix, the Earth Mother on February 14th, but on a level that it is a vi uh, vibrational medicine event for our planet. And I think we can talk about the fact that from one perspective, our beloved planet needs some deep healing at this point because uh, a lot of people are not taking as good care of uh, the incredible resources that we have, the natural resources, and we're doing a lot of, a lot of damage. This is a part of another conversation, and if you don't want to have this one, I'm, I'm there too. But uh, I think that uh, vibrational medicine, using vibration, whether it's your voice, whether it's a musical instrument, whether it's using a Tibetan bowl or a tuning fork, or even silent sound, uh, to create shift and change, because it's all about energy fields. That's a, one of the major things that's occurring these days, mm. is that we're becoming aware of energy fields, electromagnetic fields, sonic fields, and they're sort of one and the same. And we realize on a level that our body doesn't just stop here, that we have fields from the body that have been known about for millennium, by different spiritual traditions, whether you call it the aura, or the biofield, or you know whatever it goes under a hundred different names and a hundred different traditions, but it's uh, and on a level, it's wonderful that we focus on the human body as one aspect, and you can certainly use sound on the human body. Listen, I'm going to for a moment jump in and just say that there are two basic ways that sound can heal and shift and changes. One is called vibroacoustics, and that's where sound goes into our body and goes down to affect us on a cellular level. Okay, it's like giving a, a massage to our cells and our body. And then the other is called psychoacoustics, and this is where the sound goes into our ears, into our brains and affecting our nervous system, our heart rate, our respiration. And these two different ways both affect the body, and um, they're both different ways of doing it. And most people, you know, I, I, I make that differentiation so that people realize that uh, when we listen to things, we're being affected in our voice, and even our tone of voice, and the intention that we put into our voice is affecting uh the way that we feel. Yeah, you know the the two things that you you uh, raise in terms of into our cells and then into our ears, uh, those two differentiations, makes me think of uh, that which goes into the cells, goes into the body in terms of making it make it vibrate. I had this experience on my walk here the, today before the program. Um, 
there was a car that drove up and had the bass turned up really loud. And I almost wanted to say something, but I thought, you know what? He's in a car. He will be moving along as soon as the light turns green. Just, you know, it'll be gone shortly. And that was what one might call uh, more of a disruptive effect of that particular sound that I personally didn't want to feel in my body or in my core. And then, of course, there's the other <clears throat> that makes me think of the Mozart effect, which I think we've talked about before. Sure. And uh, people listening to all different kinds of classical music that helps to stimulate uh, the, the sort of the rewriting of uh, or uh, of the neural net, the, the pathways yeah. of there, the brain in terms of go. thought processes and thinking, logical uh, thinking and so on and so forth, or, cre or even creative thought, uh, using, using that music to inspire them to create whatever it is that they're they're wanting to create and I find it fascinating. But here's one question I want to ask you about your music. Now, I can now consider myself among the category of songwriters. I've written one. Okay, so far I've written one. Okay. And I, um, I remember sitting down with the, my um, facilitator, we'll call her, my teacher, and she never put any words in my mouth or any notes in my ears. There, everything that was created, she would sort of help to draw it out. And uh, I wrote the song and I wrote the lyrics, the, the verses, and then, of course, the chorus and so on and so forth. And then we recorded it. And then I'm listening, especially to some of the music going back. And this goes back to when I was uh, really listening to the music back in the 70s when I was a teenager. And I went back and I was listening to some of it even today and thinking, my gosh, how full, how full bodied. I mean, listen to all of those different instruments in this particular piece. Uh, and and uh, I'm wondering, do, is, is any of the music that you have created down on sheet music or is it just something that when you go into the studio, you say, OK, spirit, let's let's do something here let's have some fun let's create let's here's my intention i want a, a vibration of and you put out a category or what have you how what uh when you have the final product whether it's a file or a cd or what have you is there sheet music is any of it written down well i do have some sheet music but this would be for pop songs that i've done in fact i have a wondrous uh Christmas song that was just included on a uh, Christmas anthology this year, believe it or not, and it's called Have a Bright Christmas, and I hope at some point that it may take over and uh, become one of those great, um, you know, it, it sounds a little bit like uh, one of the singers from the uh, 50s or whatnot uh, by, uh, you know, uh, a Yule log and a fireplace uh, singing, you know, Have a Bright Christmas, everybody, you know, and uh, I, I did it as that one, but that, that one is certainly written down, and I will tell you as a really interesting concept, years ago, my very first recording, that was a CD, I was called Dolphin Dreams, and this was a dolphin sonic birthing environment. It was designed for the birth of my son, Joshua. We were talking about him before. So this is a while ago. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, a, it's still, I mean, Vogue magazine uh, back then 
had one of the quotes was, reduce stress without Valium. Try Dolphin Dreams. It's that cool. But there, there was uh, these people who had written a college textbook on the music of the world, and they did a chapter on Dolphin Dreams just as a challenge to their students and the, you know, the people who would be reading the book because it's, if you like, I like to call it a sonic environment, okay? And it's got the sound of ocean, heartbeat, choral voices, dolphins, and, you know, other stuff like that. And they said, is this music or what is it? And I oftentimes, interesting enough, I will differentiate between sound and music. Okay. Uh, Julie Andrews had it uh, write, the hills were alive with the sound of music. But uh, on a level, is the uh, sound of the hills music? Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you're working with with sound and frequencies to shift vibrations, sometimes these sounds are not like Mozart. They're not musical. Sometimes they sound a little bit like trash cans being hit together, perhaps. And they might be considered sacred sounds in certain traditions. I don't know if you ever heard of Tibetan uh, uh uh, gongs and uh, stuff oh. being hit together, but yeah, it sounds yeah. like crashing stuff, and it's got a whole purpose there, but it sounds uh, less musical. So I often say, okay, there's a different sound and music. And so if people expect, if I'm going like this, mm, is that sound or music? Because I'm not modulating it. I, you know, here we go. Talking about the Mozart effect here is the humming effect, which yes. is the uh, latest book my wife Andy and I have done. It's, it's really taken off really nicely, and we deal with humming as a physiological phenomenon, as an emotional phenomenon, etc. And I often say the first thing we do when we teach conscious humming mm-hmm. is that you do a tone, and you don't do zippity-doo-dah. You yeah. hit this one tone, because if you modulate the tone, then you're not going to have as powerful the ex- as uh, the experience, number one. And number two, after you've done the tone for a while, you want to be in silence. Yeah. Jonathan Goldman's my guest. We're talking about sound music. We're talking about world, world, uh, world sound healing day. That's right. Uh, global, if you will. It's what it is. It's global. And it's the 20th anniversary, if you will. Uh, 20 years ago to, uh, on the 14th of February of, um, well, that would be 2002. Uh, if it was 20 mm-hmm. years ago, uh, you began this and it's exciting to, to be a part of uh, anything at a milestone, I'm always intrigued. I, 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 I tell uh, my family, my friends, and anybody that cares to listen or is, is uh, you know, with an earshot, oh, yeah, my very best friend that I knew in grade school, he and I, we've known each other for 50, 50 years? Seriously, half a century? Holy moly. But it's, it's a lot of fun. This is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for staying with us.
We have new paradigms for a new world as we're bringing you sound and, and humming. And uh, I will tell you, uh, Jonathan Goldman, uh, my guest here on the program, as we, we talk about uh, uh, just, you know, anything and everything that makes sound, and that's pretty much everything, uh, unless, of course, you're in outer space somewhere and it's a vacuum, and supposedly there's no sound out there, in spite of what our movies show us in the science fiction <laughs> movies. I, I sit there going, wait a minute, there isn't supposed to be any sound out here, and yet we're hearing explosions and this and that and the other. But I had an experience as a kid. Uh, might have been the flu. I might have had the flu, and that was 40, 50 years ago. And I was laying in bed. And um, I wasn't feeling good at all. And so I was just kind of laying there. And I was moaning. Oh, oh you know, that kind of thing. Not, not the nicest, not the greatest thing you want to listen to. But nonetheless, my mother and one of my sisters, who I'm uh, uh, fairly close to, my sister, uh, came into the room. And um, uh, my sister says to my mom, make him stop. Mom, he sounds terrible. And she says, no, that's how he heals himself. Now, how I was able to pick up what they were saying uh, amidst my suffering and moaning. I don't know, but I did. And um, I've, I've encouraged people over the years. If you feel like you feel so bad that you want to moan, moan, because your body is trying to balance itself, get the vibrations back in balance, right? Well, Richard, three things first of all we will talk about world sound healing day and folks world <laughs> worldsoundhealingday.org if we you know just immediately go to it because yeah. uh, i'm about to bounce into uh, a subject which is i just to, uh, a couple of days ago came across this page from a woman's daily magazine and it had first of all believe it or not it was about you know stuff on sound it was little little um, vignettes that were like, uh, you know, a half a page. And my vignette was, uh, you know, uh, don't feel good, make sound. Exactly what you're talking about. And, you know, the, one of the things that happens with self-created sound is you get the release of endorphins, which are those great uh, opiates uh, that um, make us feel better. And when you go, ah, hmm, whatnot, it's actually very, very therapeutic. And it's great. I know people who have actually, just to prove a point, have for, forgone Novocaine or whatnot in dentist's office in order to prove that they could do it uh, just by working with sound. So believe it or not, that's true. So exa you're exactly what you're experiencing. And also, here's a really new thing, because you were talking about the flu or whatnot. And I just want to share with you uh, you know, in our book in humming, one of the effects of humming uh, is the fact that you, when you hum, mm, it, it, you get vibrations in your uh, nasal cavity and you get the release of what they call nitric oxide, which is a vasodilator. It's actually nitric oxide in 1992 was named the molecule of the year. You know, hey. <laughs> And but what they found, it's crazy from this uh, uh, institute in Sweden that has all these Nobel Prize winning people show that if you hum and you get the release of nitric oxide, nitric oxide is also an antiviral agent. So if people are not feeling good, they've got a stuffy nose, they've got sinusitis, basically just humming can open up your sinus pathways. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Uh, just another simple thing. And what was interesting is looking at that uh, 
article in you know Women's Daily or whatnot. The article below me was, uh, you got the flu, try humming. And it was a doctor who had contributed to that thing. And I thought, that's so interesting. Yeah. Now, I want to tie something else in here, and I, I, I'm not sure exactly how it ties in other than from a vi vibrational level, um, because not only do each of our cells, as well as each of our organs, as well as our body as a whole, and on those three differentiated levels at this moment, each one of those elements has their own vibration. My kidneys have their own vibration, the liver, and so on and so on and so forth. Okay. Seven months ago, I had a pain just below my sternum, uh, just after I'd eaten lunch. It would not go away, you know. It, it, it didn't get worse. It just wouldn't go away by dinner time, you know. And it was 10 o'clock at night, and it was still there, not hurting or anything like it was. It was just like it was the 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Finally, my wife says, no, nope, we're taking you to the ER because okay. she had an idea of what it was. And what it was, of course, as I've shared many times on this program already, my gallbladder was infected, and I had a gallstone the size of a golf ball. Uh, by the way, this was happening right around the summer games. And following the surgery, I said, yes, I participated in the Olympics. Uh, I participated in the gallbladder clean and jerk. And I, I, I got a gold medal for that one. But I did some research, but I'd heard this before, that the liver and the gallbladder are from a vibrational and an emotional standpoint are seats of anger so before that and i have been diagnosed with high blood pressure before that when something would i'd spill something let's just say and it would go on and i would start cleaning it up but i would still be upset you know after it would be and then i would laugh you know i was like oh okay well we'll take care of this no problem and I noticed that that was very significant. So that means that in addition to the removal of one of the, at least two of the seats of anger, that my body's vibration has now changed as well. I mean, the overall vibration of the body. I don't have the gallbladder anymore, so there's that vibration is no longer having an impact on the overall. I, and now, am I... Am I sort of speaking accurately in terms of um, uh, the subsets here? You get down to the cellular, and each cell has its own vibration. You come up to the organs, and then you come up to the body. Is that fairly accurate? Well, you, are, you also added an, uh, another uh, uh, level, because for a lot of people with gallbladder uh, problems, it's because of gallstones. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that gallstones can be removed non-surgically it's through sound right ultrasound yeah, yeah. ultrasound so, yeah so you know I, I, I don't love them that you know okay so another so all right so here's one wow didn't know we were going to go here richard <laughs> so there are two different approaches to using sound for healing one is called constructive and that is where you want to take the vibrations of the organ that may be vibrating out of ease or out of harmony for whatever reason and cause it to somehow vibrate back to its normal healthy place, mm -hmm. which will displace any sort of imbalances that are there. That's, that's the constructive, okay? The other is called the destructive, and that's where you will use a frequency to basically blow up the gallstones or whatnot. And those are two different 
very, very different approaches are based upon similar things where they're using the, if you like, concept of resonance and vibration, but the focus target, one of them, they're going to be looking at the intruder and trying to blow that up, and the other one, they're going to be looking at the energy of the organ and trying to make that well. So mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting. So there's so many different approaches, and I think you're totally on there in terms of uh, why do these things occur. And that's such a huge, huge, huge concept that I want to kind of relate this to World Sound Healing Day. Okay, let's do that as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. Jonathan Goldman is my guest.
I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. We're bringing you new paradigms for a new world. We're giving you choices, and choices that you can hear, but not only hear, but that you can feel. I, you know, Jonathan, we're going to go into that direction that you want, but the thought just occurred to me that there are people who can't hear, they're deaf, they can't hear a sound through those ears that we would hear and, and have any impact on our psyche, but they can feel. So, real quick, what are the uh, three ways that we hear? We hear through air conduction, the ears, skin conduction, and bone conduction. Ooh. So, therefore... Uh, you know, that's why you have sometimes great, you know, there are people who are able to obviously, actually even, you know, Beethoven was quite deaf when he did some major uh, uh, pieces. And I mean, there's stories about that. And of course, you have well-known dancers who are able to dance and they're deaf because the sounds of the vibration are being put into the floor and go up through their feet. And, and I will say that one of the most powerful teaching experiences that I ever had, and thank you for reminding me of that because I've had a lot of crazy things going on, was <laughs> I was teaching and, this, uh, and there was a woman passing by. She was, uh, she was around and uh, she was totally deaf. And I said, I want you to come to the workshop. And she, lipped, she could read uh, lips and she said, but I'm deaf. I said, come. So it was a small workshop. There were about, at the time, about a dozen people. And we were teaching resonating the different parts of the body with different sounds. And at the end, she's in tears. And I thought, uh-oh. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought this would be a benefit for you. I, I didn't mean to upset you. And she said, no. No one has ever shown me the power of my own voice before and that I could feel it vibrating in different parts of my body. Wow. That makes me think of that scene from uh, the movie. Um, oh, I want to say it was the movie called, it was Mask. It was not the one with John Kerry. Uh, it was the the other one with the, the kid who had elephant man yeah, syndrome. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he showed the blind girl, his girlfriend, the difference between hot and cold by taking rocks and heating rock, uh, one rock up in the boiling water and handing it to her. That's hot. That's, that's red, if you will. Or trying to give her um, uh, some points of reference. And this was a blind person who couldn't see. I've always loved this phrase where someone would say, uh, yes, uh, I, can, I can hear colors and I can, I can see sound. And believe it or not, there are people who can. I am. I have kinesthesia. Yeah, and that's synesthesia. Oh, that's okay. What you're, what I described was synesthesia, but I have kinesthesia where I see colors in letters and numbers individually, and then it creates these beautiful hues when you start thinking about oh the month, the days of the week, the weeks of the month, the months of the year, uh, the years that go by. They have a different hue, and I will tell you that the 2020s, as we talk about here on the program, in terms of uh, people spending time uh, listening to that still small voice within, which is where they get perfect vision, um, it has all the way through 2029 has this wonderful 
a vibrancy to it. Each of the numbers of the four in each of the years, okay, uh, has its own distinct color. But when you look at the decade as the uh, 22, 23, 24, 25, and so forth, there's something really special about that period. I even think back to my 20s, when I was in my 20s, um, th how I kind of felt that same way, that there was something about those numbers, whether it has anything to do with numerology, sacred geometry, whatever other uh, uh, study, um, there was just something about that. Now, the 30s, the, the 30s, when we get into that decade, there's more of a greenish hue, whereas the 20s has more of a bluish uh, la uh, not uh, uh, violet, violet and bluish hue to it as you go through each of those years. Um, and I know there's a lot of argument over, you know, when the when the millennium actually began. Was it 20? Was it 2000? Was it 2001? I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't. But the one thing I love about the Hebrew language, for example, and all of the characters, they have their own. Each letter has its own legend has its own numerical reference, has its own tone and vibration and its own story, if you will. And then you start putting those letters together into words, a whole new creation, and then words into sentences, into paragraphs, and so on and so forth. That's why I've always been uh, a little saddened by the fact that we don't speak more than one language. Most of us do not speak more than one language, spoken language, and, and because so much is lost in translation. And I have to wonder, with the language of sound, we'll say the word sound here, okay? Because it that's really right. what we're talking about. Music is made up of sound, okay? Right. That there is no loss in translation because there is no translation uh, other than maybe a person who has uh, a different kind of hearing. It's like we all see a little differently in the light spectrum. Well, we all hear a little differently in the sound spectrum. But what you're describing in terms of, let's say, using sound as a healing modality, um, there's no loss in that language because there's no translation. The sound is the sound, right? Well, you know, you, Richard, I have to tell you, my friend, that you are jumping all over. You're first of all talking about gematria, which is the Hebrew translation of the Hebrew letters to numeric things, and which is a whole other subject we can't, but I, I love it. It's like going, whoa, whoa, we could do, you know, hours talking about this. You take your and, pick then. <laughs> you know, and, and then talking about, you know, sound and music and all that stuff. And, you know, it seems to be, of course, I mean, if you think about this, that sound and particularly music, whether it's musical sounds or sounds, mm -hmm. affects us in a different part of the brain yeah. than for the most part words. Right, so when you add, you know, word. So I, you know, on one level, I I, I was always I thought it quite unique that if you want to call it rap or hip hop, I am quite sure is processed a little bit differently uh, because it's so vocally oriented. It's more poetic. It's got rhythmic stuff as well. So it's two functions: mm -hmm. it's language and rhythm more so than let's say melodic functions and. From my perspective, and it's so interesting saying that, but just today, I completed the final edit of the 30th anniversary of my book, Healing Sounds, which will be out in September. 
but it focuses on harmonics, which I'm not even going to touch right now if we want to go in, into healing that beloved thing that's behind you, the image of the earth. But the concept of harmonics, there we go, yay, the mother. <laughs> but you know, basically the idea of harmonics, harmonics are the color of sound. Yeah, and yeah. just as you can hold up a prism into a clear light and it breaks it up into the different bands, the electromagnetic spectrum that we call light. So when you hear one sound, you're actually hearing composite. Well, just one sound. If I go, hmm, there, there were dozens of different tones that are simultaneously uh, created occurring then. Uh, and it's, I hope, something that we can begin to, because if you understand that as a concept, which, you know, right now I'm not expecting that. I just threw that from left field. Right. Uh, but if you understand that there's the, there are these huge composite tones, and believe it or not, oh, actually, I'm going to drop this one for right now because I want to talk about World Sound Healing Day. Let's do that as we continue. We're talking with Jonathan Goldman. We're talking about World Sound Healing Day. I'm Richard Dugan, and this is Tell Me Your Story.
paradigms for a new world, choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We certainly hope that uh, you will avail yourself of the opportunity to participate in your own way in the experience of the 20th anniversary, and whether it's 20 or 200, uh, of World Sound Healing Day. We certainly hope that you will do that. Enhance the power of the World Sound Healing Day. Enhance the power of it. Create your own sound healing group. And here's how. Create your own event. The most important uh, sonic co-creator is you and together we can make a difference and you can join thousands throughout the planet on February 14th 2022 that's this year and every year for that matter as uh, we all sound forth for five minutes with an ah a project projected with the energy of compassion and love send a sonic valentine to Gaia our mother earth and basically what we want to do is three things heal our planet heal our waters, and raise the consciousness. And uh, as uh, Jonathan has already shared with us, we heal our planet, we heal ourselves, we heal ourselves, we heal our planet. The website is worldsoundhealingday.org, worldsoundhealingday.org. And of course, Jonathan, as always, we will be linked to your website, that website for this particular program as well, uh, because to me, it's extremely important. And for those who are not familiar, Jonathan, uh, can you give us a, a background on how this started, uh, the f how the first World Sound Healing Day in 2002 uh, even came to be? Well, the idea was that if we basically projected intentionalized sound as a collective group, that we could create a field of energy that somehow could interface with the, if you like, the planetary field, what it's been called the noosphere, the Gaia matrix. It doesn't matter the name. The fact is that uh, literally science has shown us that we can literally interface and affect this. And um, initially, we started out, as you said, working with the ah sound for five minutes. But now, uh, because of various uh, situations where everything has become so, if you like, online, there are, all, there are hundreds of different events that are from hundreds of different countries. And there's everything from people playing crystal bowls, to doing tones, to doing jazz, to doing poetry, to doing classical music, to doing X, Y, or Z. Uh, because the really important thing about this is that the sound, the frequency, the type of sound you're creating is less important than the energy that we encode on it that we call intention. And the key to the intention of healing our planet is appreciation, kindness, gratitude, compassion, love. And what has been found is that when we simply breathe, and we breathe in and out slowly through our heart, while we feel in a state of gratitude and appreciation, the heart and the brain get into a state of coherence together. They synchronize together, and our electromagnetic field grows anywhere from 50 to 500 to even 5,000 times greater just through that process. And then when you add the element of sound, it gets greater and becomes even more focused, which is one of the reasons why the different prayers on our planet are vocalized or 
The chanted whispered song spoken because sound amplifies the power of our prayer and it focuses our consciousness for manifestation. It's that simple and it's that profound. Now, this raises another question that we've talked about quite a bit on this program over the last few months. It's just kind of come up and I want to touch upon this now. And that has to do with the the um, the two concepts that I don't think they're diametrically opposed, but they need to be discussed because do I want to change the world for the better? Sure. But someone would say, well, yeah, but Richard, how do I know that your better is better than my better, if, if you will, okay? And the two, the two concepts that seem diametrically opposed are our free will and not so much predestination, but let's just, let's take World Sound Healing Day. And let's say under Greg Braden's uh, conversations that I've had with him, he used to say that if we could get like uh, one-tenth of one percent of the population, okay, together to, to say focus on the same thing at the same time, and in this case, let's say World Sound Healing Day, right. and I forget what the number sh- would be. It was actually, what a, uh, you know, I remember what it was. It was something like 0.1% uh, of the square root of the population, or something crazy like that. One, yeah. you remember? I, and I somehow it seemed like it was like uh, 8,000 people is all. Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't that big. It wasn't that big. But then here's the here's the kicker, and the and the question I have for you. All right, we, you and I collectively, we want to, to, to make this a better place. Now, as I've said many times, that doesn't mean to say that where, that where we are today, where we're living now is awful icky. We got to get out of here. Where's, uh, where's Jeff Bezos' uh, 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 space station to Mars? Because we got to get out of here. No, 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 no. This is a beautiful planet. This is a beautiful place. And, and all we need to do is clean it up. But um, uh, I want to I make it better for everybody, okay? But not everybody wants that. Okay, so how do you how do you address something along those lines when you start toning, you start eyeing or oming or uh, the bowls and so forth, and uh, at the same time respecting the uh, free will of other individuals to say, you know what. Uh, I think that Jonathan and Richard, they're out of their minds and we've got to stop them because we don't want things to change. We like things the way that they are. So I, a totally, and sir, all of these uh, <laughs> things that you bring up are hour long conversations. Yeah, I know. This I is know. a huge one on my part in terms of uh, if you tell somebody to do good, well, depending upon their perspective, They're good, maybe you're bad, and vice versa. So with World Sound Healing Day and this type of thing, we don't pray for an agenda. We simply project gratitude and kindness and compassion, okay, with the idea that it'll shift and change the vibrations of people. So, yeah, they may not want to um, become more awakened, but I, and, and if they don't want to, that's fine. But if they are, you know, becoming more awakened, so they take better care of our planet. And so we don't have to necessarily try to get into rocket ships and take off because we've destroyed it, <laughs> which is, you know, the basis of most science fiction from the 40s and 50s. Back then it was the A-bomb. Yeah, yeah. 
And now it's, uh, you know, uh, pollution and, uh, you know, global warming and whatnot. But boy, if we could begin to take responsibility, I'm just going to share with you real quick. Mm-hmm. New Year's Eve, the day before uh, New Year's, actually, um, we had 100 mile per hour winds in Boulder, pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. The 100 mile an hour winds caused these powerful apocalyptic fires that took out a thousand homes about five miles from here. And blessed be, then the next day, uh, there was a snowstorm that put out the fires. It was a little bit like, you know, there was an old lady who swallowed a fly. But um, I got into a very, very deep state of meditation after that, trying to figure out what's going on. And I simply got, the earth is hurting. And it needs events such as World Sound Healing Day in order to try to restore balance. Mm. And I think balance is such a key, my friend. Yeah, I would agree. I uh, I don't get into conversations with people about the science anymore. Uh, I I just uh, I just say, look, don't you think we ought to clean up our home? I mean, this is where this is the only place that we know right now where we can live. That we're here now. And um, it's like every weekend, I'm sure you probably, you and your wife probably do the same thing. Um, Usually on a weekend, it's usually a Saturday or Sunday. You spend the day, maybe you vacuum, you sweep up this, you take care of the laundry and dishes and those kinds of things. To which I then, I I would say to an individual, I'd say, uh, why do you do that? Why does it matter if you do that? I mean, what's the point? Because you're just going to have to do it again next week and then the next week and the next week. What's the point? You know, well, because we like to live in a clean place. Well, so do I, but not. But I don't just live in this structure I call my home. I live on this planet. And so when I start hearing about people who are coming up with innovations for, uh, let's say, energy, I mean, I wish that Tesla hadn't, I wish that his his work hadn't gone the way it had, that it had gone, but people are, are rediscovering. Can I interject you on that one for just a second? Sure, Here's absolutely. Another, Go ahead. Another thought that recently... Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure where this came from, but it was also actually suggested to me many, many years ago by an electrician because we, because you're, of course, probably talking about the concept of the wireless free energy. Yes. And I want to suggest to you what this guy suggested. And these were two very well-known scientists that you would, uh, who were talking about the fact that if Tesla's um, free energy had happened, there would be all these things that couldn't exist because they would have fried. You wouldn't have computers. You wouldn't have uh, they, they, literally. And uh, my question is, what would it even be doing? You know how people are complaining about 5G and Wi-Fi? Imagine if all these frequencies were be- this powerful electromagnetic frequency was being beamed at you, so so you could hold. Yeah, you can hold a light bulb, and it'll. Uh, you know, light up because of that. But what about your skin? What about your structure? Maybe that was not a very natural thing either. It It's presented as, whoa, we could have had free energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but maybe it was stopped for a reason. Maybe it would have caused us to uh, become blobs of uh, protoplasm. Just a thought. It is indeed. And, and, and yet, from what little I know about it, it was uh, the way it was described, this energy is all around us already. In other words, the, the machine or the device that he was creating wasn't designed to create it. It was designed to uh, collect it, if you will. But And focus, and focus being, it. 
but the point being that then it would have to be focused to the next uh, receiver and the next receiver and the next tower and the next tower. So yeah, there, we don't know what the unintended consequences might have been. We just, we just don't. So yeah, it, it, that's, and that's a good valid point, but that then goes to uh, always to this question that I put forth when people uh, present these, uh, uh, these ideas, especially when it comes to uh, like genetic engineering and so forth, uh, CRISPR technology. I ask this question, just because we can, does that mean we should? And, we, and, and how do we know <clears throat> that the evolution of our species isn't down that road or down that road of, of scientific endeavor as opposed to just allowing nature to take its course? We, we don't know, you know, we, does, we really don't. Does our consciousness have the same level as our technology yeah you know just because you're right just because we create it doesn't mean we should and i think that's such a huge topic and that then again again gets into the folks who say this is good and other folks who say this is bad yeah. i don't know but it's such an interesting thing it is i think that dives into the the concept of uh, of ethics if you will uh, based upon what we know now. This is one of the, uh, the the concerns that I've had for the past two years about the complaints uh, by citizens over what their respective governments locally as well as nationally have been asking or telling them what to do in regards to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sitting here going, well, based upon what I understand, they've known very little about this thing. Mm -hmm. So every day they're learning more, and so the rules are going to change. I mean, take a look at, at, at physics and, and quantum physics. I mean, we don't know all the rules of the universe, all the laws of the universe. We, we, you know, probably what we know would fit on the head of a pin, uh, and yet, yet all of the laws of the universe are, are probably uh, the size of, of the sun. And we got next to nothing. And yet next year we'll come up with another one. We'll discover another law. Oh, now we've got it all. No, you don't. You've got nothing. You know, so, I mean, what's the purpose of education? Isn't it for us to, to, uh, to, to learn about our world and ourselves? But we don't get it all at once. So that's one of the things that I think that, uh, like, talking about the, the, the technology of Tesla, talking about uh, technology in general in our modern day, talking about uh, uh biology i i what what was so fascinating to me jonathan <laughs> two years ago was how many people in the media immediately had their epidemiology credentials i was like yeah. i yeah. i'm in the media so to speak i don't know and i'm gonna stick with the agnostic position of i don't know but i'm i'm trying to figure it out um how can sound and especially some of the great stuff that you create that our folks are going to be listening to throughout this program how can it help us to um not necessarily come up with answers to any of the questions that i've posed but maybe put them in their proper context i.e does that really have an impact on me 
personally, as an individual, do I really need those answers? Or is that just muddling up the monkey mind and I need to really work on raising my consciousness, which has nothing to do with all of these outside peripheral things? Well, I love it because you're basically talking about one of my favorite topics, which is using sound to alter states of consciousness. Yes. And uh, I personally, uh, you know, I'm really pleased with what and how I was guided to create stuff because for the most part, I, you know, I, I couldn't write out the stuff that I do in terms of that's considered meditational uh, music or whatnot because on a level, it, from my perspective, it creates different vibrational fields that are designed to, if you like, make us deeply relaxed, to chill us out, and when that happens, we get into the still point. Listen, we were talking about silence, mm -hmm. right? Getting back, did you know that the word listen and the word silent are anagrams? Wow. I did not. I see that. Wow. So by being in silence, we can listen within, and that can occur through the sound. You know, so it, it's all interrelated. This is, you know, once again, we can talk about this uh, for quite a while. And I'm, you know, I, it's my belief that we are all unique vibratory beings. So mostly the music that I create and the sounds that I create work for myself. I seem to be blessed that other people like them as well. And that's all I can say because it's, you know, I don't do them for other people. I got to do something that works for me. If it doesn't work for me, and then I try it with other people. You like that? Yeah, okay, hey, maybe I'll put this out. I mean, I, I'm in my studio now. I got hundreds of hours of stuff that I haven't put out. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. I know the feeling. One more thing I want to address. Uh, you kind of brought this uh, to my mind. Uh, each of us has our own uh, uh, vibration and so forth. And what you said just a moment ago made me think of this biblical passage. Um, and it fascinates me at this moment where two or more are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst. And so when I think about that in terms of, okay, that's not to say that my efforts at prayer are not going to be heard, but how fantastic that I could amplify the prayer by bringing in two or more individuals with their own vibrations to help to support my, let's say, to support my prayer and to support me as an individual through their compassion, through their love uh, and so forth. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? I can talk a lot about it. But I, think, <laughs> I thought you could. I think you basically, um, hit the nail on the head in terms of, I call it consensus reality, but just collective consciousness. And if humans are in a state of compassion and kindness and they're together, then that field grows and change, changes. And, you know, I think some of the great gurus of our time, you would hear stories about people being stressed out, then they would walk into a room with thousands of people and this guy's guy or gal is sitting in a, uh, a chair just being silent. But they're creating such a field of consciousness that it affects the mm. person walking in. All of a sudden, they feel at peace. Mm. Well, what if we expand that? 
yeah. more and more and more. Uh, I, I'm going to basically suggest to you that I'm a child of the Woodstock Nation. And I can't explain to you except to say that I have a very dear friend who's a very well-known lawyer and uh, journalist and whatnot, and he knows. He said there was magic at Woodstock because everybody had their heart opened. And on a level, what happened at Woodstock all those many years ago um, it was an amazing phenomenon. Humans didn't destroy themselves. Humans did not, uh, you know, they actually helped each other, etc. There were years, there were apparently a number of different Woodstocks that people attempted to do, but they were, if you like, economically uh, driven, and people did not get the consciousness together. They said, oh, wow, we're going to party and listen to music. And a lot of times, really intense chaos occurred. And I think that one of the reasons why the original Woodstock was so, if you like, successful, nonviolent, peaceful, it was a field, it, it changed me. It was the mo one of the most powerful vibrational fields I've ever experienced. And it began with Swami Satchanananda. Swami Satchanananda leading a half a million people chanting together, which is basically sort of where uh, the idea of World Sign Healing Day, coming back to there, is from what, if we all made a sound together, could we create a field of peace and harmony, what I call global harmonization. Yeah. Well, that's really where I was wanting to bring it back to, because that's the thought that came to me as well, is that we gather together, two or more of us gather together, and it's going to be a heck of a lot more than two of us um, that are going to... Uh, uh, so to speak, transmit that, put that out there, help to raise, even if it only raises my consciousness, then, then it's accomplished something. Because um, I find it interesting how many people that I come across who, who hold on to resentments and judgments and all of these things. And for the better part of my life, I've never wanted to do that. I mean, maybe maybe for the first five or ten minutes after the wrong had been done, I want to get even. But it's like I just don't hold on to it because it's, it's you know, you know, a lot of people say, well, I would never have anything to do with that person because they did this and that and the other thing to you. And yet I'll go back to that person again and they may not do that again the second time or the third time or the fourth time. And besides. The mathematical equation, if you will, for forgiveness is seven times 70, ladies and gentlemen. And until you complete the seven times 70, you better not hold on to that. You better just keep forgiving because uh, that's the mandate, the, the mathematical mandate, okay? And, and uh, if you can keep count of that number of times that you've forgiven that person, if, if, uh, you'd be the first. I have a, I have a feeling you'd be, the, you'd be the first. Jonathan, this has been fantastic, and I can't tell you how much I have thoroughly enjoyed our get-together here again, uh, especially around World Sound Healing Day, which is the 14th of February, 2022. Just so happens, and I, I have to say, I think it's kind of auspicious that it's on a Monday, as we like to call it, the first day of the week. Some people think Sunday is the first. It all depends on when you perspective. When I say Monday, it's the first work day for most people of the week, which can be really kind of challenging. Uh, they say that more heart attacks happen on a Monday than any other day of the week. Uh, so I think it's real auspicious that it's happening on that, on that Monday the 14th. 
Well, what a blessing. And Richard, also, just as long as we're here, I want to invite people to come to my personal website, which is healingsounds.com. A lot of people think World Sound Healing Day is my uh, website. No, it isn't. It's the website of the entity known as World Sound Healing Day, the event. But I have my own website, which is healingsounds.com. Come there. There's all sorts of great information about how you can use sound as a healing modality on a personal level as well. So it's all good. Fantastic. Uh, World Sound Healing Day is the day, the 14th of February, 2022. We hope that you will participate in your own way. Uh, share that with others, um, especially with yourself, and uh, listen to that still small voice. It'll guide you into what sounds uh, to make and how to make them, whether it be your voice, whether it be uh, an instrument, a bowl, or what have you. It doesn't matter. Just, just, uh, just participate in whatever way that you're led to do so. And Jonathan, we will do the same at our end here. Uh, I, I'm just, um, it's exciting to me when I talk to people like yourself about sound. Uh, and again, we're going to use that term rather than music because music is sound. Uh, and um, just, you know, putting it out there is, is so much fun. Um, I'm going to ask you, uh, those uh, proverbial three questions that I've always asked my guests at the end of a program. Uh, it's sort of the lightning round of our Tell Me Your Story <laughs> show. Uh, but before I do, Jonathan, I want to uh, let you, the listener and the viewer, know that we are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for the special edition of tell me your story uh we podcast we stream live at those times at richarddugan.com and the podcasts are on soundcloud itunes TuneIn radio spotify stitcher player fm blueberry many other locations on the internet along with iheart and amazon music and uh, we certainly hope that you will uh, you will listen and maybe even subscribe we can be seen on youtube that's right uh, these interviews are videoed on zoom and then i produce them up and put them up on uh, on uh, uh, the YouTube channel. Tell me your story, Richard Dugan. So please, please avail yourself of those and subscribe as well. Uh, we're up to a whopping 57 subscribers. I haven't been putting them up there for that long, and I'm not really interested in increasing numbers per se. I just want to make sure people are listening. And boy, almost 64,000 listens in a little over four years. So uh, it's, that's exciting to, to see those numbers continue to grow. We also ask you to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s. And yes, go within and get that guidance to uh, participate in a World Sound Healing Day. And if you'd like to support the work that we are doing financially, we have a PayPal account. It's for your security as well as ours. And when you go there and you want to send, it's going to ask you what email do you want to send it to and you want to send it to richard at richarddugan.com that's richard at richarddugan.com and with that we go to the lightning round where we have a three final bonus questions for our guest here on here on the program and uh so here we go first question jonathan is who is jonathan goldman uh in this lifetime he uh or on any uh, lifetime, he is an individual. He's the being that has come to a, uh, floats around the um, galaxies, uh, going to different planets to try to, if you like, awaken the understanding of using sound and vibration for evolution, consciousness, and healing. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? 
I want to awaken to pe uh, people to the ability to use sound on one level to feel better, to be happier, have a deeper connection to themselves and to heal. And finally, what is your life's purpose? All of the above. Well, Jonathan Goldman, thank you again. My, uh, my best to your wife, Andy, and I hope that we can get her on the program one of these days, too. I would love to hear she, her stories. She's love that. She's, she's great. So blessings to you and all the people listening and saying, seeing this, and uh, keep a lot of love and light Absolutely. in and I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol. First chakra, the vowel sound is Second chakra, the vowel sound is ooh. Chakra. The vowel sound is O.
fourth chakra. The vowel sound is ah. Ah. Seventh chakra. The vowel sound is E. Mm-hmm. 